Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. It is so great to be with you on this Wednesday. What a show ahead of us, history in the making being discussed today. So let's dive into it. Donald Trump, as I'm sure you've heard, has once again been federally indicted. This makes it three indictments total, this time again out of a Jack Smith-led investigation, but into Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election results, allegedly according to this indictment unlawfully. And we'll walk through quickly the details on the indictment itself, just kind of skimming through this information. Then in this segment, get to Trump's response, which is truly, truly unhinged. We'll look at that in just a moment. But first, here's the news from the Washington Post. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election results and the events leading up to the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. And he's expected to appear in court on Thursday. The indictment returned Tuesday by a grand jury in U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., alleges that Trump perpetrated three criminal conspiracies, quote, built on the widespread mistrust the defendant was creating through pervasive and destabilizing lies about election fraud. And his lies there are referenced about the 2020 election. And so you'll notice, and we'll talk about this later in today's show, uh, many times people within right-wing media, right-wing figures, using the talking point of Trump's being indicted for things that are protected by his First Amendment right, his freedom of speech right, and he's being indicted for just having questions about the election. That's so far from the truth. While indeed in the unsealed indictment that I'll pull up on screen here, obviously we won't go through it, but you can uh, do that yourself. And it very effectively walks through as I was reading uh, through it this morning, the details that are supporting each of these felony counts these accusations against uh trump and we'll talk about what those felony counts are in a moment but in the indictment indeed it does discuss the lies that trump was telling not because he's being indicted for lying or for questioning the election results but because he was using those lies to justify actions and he was using those lies to try to pressure election officials and uh, justify all of these different alleged unlawful actions to install himself president despite losing the election and prevent the peaceful transition of power, prevent the federal government from doing what it's supposed to do and moving forward and operating. And that brings us to this, the front page of the unsealed indictment, the four felony counts being conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, conspiracy against rights. And I do encourage you at least skim, at least go through if you're curious about how each of these different felony counts comes into play and what evidence is being um, spoken about here. And it, like I said, does a really good job of outlining that in this 45-page indictment. But absolutely, I think this is a very, very strong um, case against Donald Trump like the previous one that Jack Smith brought. And essentially, in whole, we can't go through every detail, we just don't have time, but in kind of a zoomed out sense, he is uh, being legally held accountable for being a part of conspiring with his inner circle to try to prevent, for example, the lawful certification of Biden's win, preventing a, an official proceeding of the United States government, to prevent the peaceful transition of power. One of the things discussed in the indictment is that fake elector scheme fraudulently pretending 
and fraudulently having these forms that claim these are the real electors and we're going to have VP at the time, Mike Pence, say these are the actual electors. And so, again, completely fraudulently, not at all aligned with the facts or the actual process. So actually Trump won the election or I'm going to reject the lawful votes and uh, I guess just keep doing that until legislatures agree to put Trump um, to send electors that don't align with the popular vote and thus Trump would win or calling Rusty Bowers and saying, I want you to do this and this and this to overturn the results in your state or Brad Raffensperger, all these different efforts to prevent the official correct constitutional process from moving forward. And it was a pretty vast, dangerous scheme. And here is Jack Smith. Last thing we'll look at before looking at Trump's response, uh, announcing this. As soon as, he done, as soon as he's done, here he is, the special counsel, Jack Smith. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend. And then he continues. And interestingly, I've talked about this before uh, multiple times, but what sometimes people within the right wing will try to do is make January 6th, the attack on the Capitol, out to be just a riot. It was just a simple riot like other riots that happened. So why are you talking so much about it? And I always try to bring back the conversation to while, yes, the damage as an individual event mattered and it being the Capitol mattered and all that, the larger anti-democratic scheme that was motivated by lies, both that Trump was using to justify his efforts as he's being charged for here to uh, overthrow our democratic process and prevent the federal government from doing what's supposed to do and the correct leader getting into power and all of that and also justify the attack on the Capitol. That is what is so historic and important to be discussed along with the individual damage done, the uh, lives impacted and all of that. Because when you zoom out, you see, oh, January 6th was the culmination and the rage from Trump's followers based on the lies that were motivating a larger scheme going on to prevent the peaceful transition of power. And that's what this indictment focuses on. Um, it's not 
even focusing on it being a riot, but instead, like I said, the larger attempt to prevent the lawful process from moving forward. Here is Trump's response on True Social. This is nothing more than the latest corrupt chapter in the continued pathetic attempt by the Biden crime family and their weaponized Department of Justice to interfere with the 2024 presidential election in which President Trump is the undisputed front runner and leading by substantial margins. But why did they wait two and a half years to bring these fake charges? Why does he say that? Two and a half years? When is someone... Able, with this type of case, this extensive investigation that's necessary, how right when an event happens are you going to turn around and already be ready to charge someone? Doesn't make any sense. Right in the middle of President Trump's winning campaign for 2024, why was it announced the day after the big crooked Joe Biden scandal broke out from the halls of Congress? This is a line we'll hear uh, so much in response to Trump's legal troubles is this is a distraction from the Hunter Biden stuff. And just yesterday, there was a big bombshell. And that's why Trump's being indicted, which, of course, makes absolutely no uh, sense, especially when you consider, number one, the evidence that's being brought forward with the Trump stuff and the lack of evidence with the Hunter Biden stuff. But also every day they're saying there's a big bombshell about Hunter Biden. So Whenever you indicted Trump, it was going to be next to some claim of bombshell from Republicans about the Biden crime family. The answer is election interference. And then this is the truly deranged part. The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes. President Trump has always followed the law and the constitution with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys. These un-American witch hunts will fail and President Trump will be reelected to the White House so he can save our country from the abuse, incompetence, and corruption that is running through the veins of our country at levels never seen before. In the last part, three years ago, we had a strong borders, energy independence, no inflation, and a great economy. Today, we are a nation in decline. President Trump will not be deterred by disgraceful and unprecedented political targeting in those talking points we've pushed back against many, many times in the future. Uh, it's pretty wild that people buy into that. And they won't read the indictment we'll get to later in today's show. DeSantis admitting he hasn't really actually looked at the indictment. He hasn't actually considered the evidence being uh, claimed here. And still, he's ready to say this is weaponization. And it's the same thing with so many people here. No matter what Trump does, no matter what evidence is being brought against him, the same dishonest talking points will be the refrain. And that is very unfortunate. But what is fortunate is that he is being held accountable or at least someone's trying to hold trump accountable and that's what a country of law and order as the gop said they cared about would be doing we move now from donald trump's response to his second federal indictment third indictment total to sean hannity's response to trump's uh recent third indictment on charges related to his attempts to overturn the 2020 election results allegedly unlawfully. And Sean Hannity had such an absurd response that came off to me as just lazy. Like he's he's giving up on even trying that hard at his dishonesty. Sometimes I'll say, if you're going to try to deceive us, be better at it. And it's definitely one of those moments here with Sean Hannity where he doesn't seem to be even putting in a lot of effort to his his. Uh, kind of dishonest talking points and manipulation of of the facts and attempt to distract 
his followers from the facts on this subject. And he really has given up on trying, you could say. So here's this Sean Handy on Fox News. Let's be very clear at the start here tonight. This is an incredibly weak, baseless, convoluted indictment. It is bizarrely centered around what is clearly protected speech, zero criminal statutes, because there are none that were applicable that are actually written into law. It is based on an obscure... Hold on to that. Zero criminal statutes, he says. That's a claim that you can very easily fact check. So why he would say, I don't know. Your law from the Civil War. So let's be even more clear. This indictment is frankly not worth the paper that it's printed on. This is a political persecution through and through. There so no, uh, he's wrong that the indictment includes zero criminal statutes. We looked at this before. You can front page, Sean. You can look at the 45 page indictment yourself and see specifically we read out in the last segment, the conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, uh, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, conspiracy against rights, and the specific 18 U.S. Code 371, 18 U.S. Code 1512. 18. You can look at exactly what criminal statutes are being referenced in this indictment. So I don't really know what that is, <laughs> other than hoping that his followers will just think it sounds about right and uh then his point as i m indicated earlier in today's show about these things are protected by freedom of speech trump's protected by the first amendment for the things he's being charged for and they're trying to focus in on the fact that the indictment centers a lot of discussion or a lot of what is being outlined around lies that trump was perpetuating despite knowing that there were lies, but that's not the crime there. It's a larger conspiracy based on those lies that then motivated actions to create a fake elector scheme, trying to fraudulently uh, assert that Trump won the electoral count when he actually didn't and pressuring election officials and all these different things that are actions he's being charged for related to lies he was telling, not just the fact that at some point he questioned the election results. It's absurd. Uh, and I don't know how people buy it, but then here's another moment. Trump's lawyer went on with Sean Hannity and said this. Do you believe this is a form of election interference? Do you believe that they purposely delayed this? I can't speak to their motives, but I do know this, that we will litigate every issue, including all of the, the matters that were raised in that indictment that go to the 2020 election. One thing that's very interesting right now, President Trump will have subpoena power in connection with this case. So we will have the opportunity now for the first time in many instances to subpoena documents, to subpoena witnesses, to get to the truth as to what happened in 2020. And that's all that President Trump wanted from day one. He asked Mike Pence, pause the voting, send it back to the states so that they can recertify or, or, or they can do an audit. But everything the president did was with advice of counsel and getting to the truth. That should never be criminal. Assuming that the president did not believe this and, and being able to prove that, I would say that that is task impossible. And that is the position I believe this indictment has put prosecutors in. So what's being referenced there is a part of the indictment is acknowledging that Donald Trump was deceiving people 
and using this deceit, like I said, to justify all these different actions and this conspiracy to keep himself present despite losing the election and thus trying to overthrow a lawful process of our government. And, uh, but it's referenced and it's discussed and extensively outlined that this was Trump deceiving, thus he knew that he was lying. And because Trump's such a narcissist, I think it's easy to look at him talk about these things and go, no, maybe he actually thinks he won because he's so obsessed with himself and he thinks he couldn't lose. But there are so many anecdotes we already know about. One recently we covered with Bill Barr of people remembering Trump, acknowledging that indeed he lost and saying things like, can you believe I lost to this guy? Referencing Joe Biden. And so he was lying and maybe he tries his best to lay in bed at night and buy his own garbage. But he knows at the end of the day, it's garbage. The really notable part about that from Trump's lawyer is that he's saying, oh, see, this gives us a chance with subpoena power to, in a court of law, relitigate the 2020 election, which if the legal strategy, if Trump's legal defense is going to be, I'm going to prove that the election was stolen, best of luck to you, because that's not going to go very well, because that's not true. And it would be a complete disaster as a defense. And that's what seems to be getting prepared for there. Pretty wild. Moving from Sean Hannity's response to Trump's indictment to Jesse Waters, another Fox News host response to Trump's most recent indictment, yet again, absolutely unhinged. And I'll show you uh, Jesse Waters referencing kind of a threat, I guess. Now Trump's going to go after all of you when he come, becomes president. Sorry, just smacked my mic there. Um, and it's all going to come back around. And uh, take a look at this. After these political war crimes have been perpetrated on him, Donald Trump is in the best position he's been in so far to win re-election. Can you believe that? At which point he'll have to pardon himself immediately. And don't you think for a second... He's not going to unleash hell on all of his political enemies. This is only the beginning of politicians putting other politicians and their families in prison. Sad we had to go down this road, but this is where we are, and now we have to finish it. We saw this a lot with the first Jack Smith-related uh, indictment, and we're going to see it a lot with this one. There's no discussion of the evidence being brought forward or what really Trump specifically being accused of. It's just Biden's locking up Trump. They try to oversimplify it to that because of course, Biden, there's zero evidence at this point in time that he's at all involved or directed anyone to investigate Donald Trump. And uh, they've been trying to put, because of the uh, concern that that would be an appearance, as many walls of separation in between Biden, Merrick Garland, and then Jack Smith. And Jack Smith has been running a pretty independent investigation, even from the Department of Justice broadly with Merrick Garland leading it. And so this narrative only works if you don't specifically address the evidence. Because if you do, then you would have to say, mm, Trump did all those things. And indeed, those seem to be against the law, but just don't hold him accountable because he's a presidential candidate and a former president. And no one wants to hear themselves say that. And so instead, it has to be, this is a political persecution vaguely, and he didn't do anything wrong vaguely. Because if you actually walk through the specifics of the indictment, that all falls apart. And that's why even at Trump rallies, as I've told y'all before, when I've gone and asked people about Trump's legal troubles, none of them have read the specifics of them. None of them have walked through the unsealed 
first indictment, and I bet it'll be the same thing with this one. Because if they do, maybe a little part of them knows it'll be harder to believe the things they believe about Trump being this big victim. But now the lies about Trump being a victim will justify if God forbid he became president again, him actually victimizing other people and actually trying to go after unjustifiably his political enemies, as Jesse Waters is saying there. Another moment from this Jesse Waters show, very wild. He sort of points to and admits the reason the GOP is such a bad governing party. First point, they said the defendant impaired the federal government from functioning. Isn't that literally the Republican Party platform <laughs> to, to reduce the ability of the federal government from functioning? And then they I mean, in a sense, it is, right? Because if they're always saying the government can't do anything good and we need to fund all these different programs and all the different talking points we hear, the government's so broken, then as I've said in the past, it's kind of politically advantageous for them or it plays into their own narrative, their own campaigns to allow the government to stay broken in certain areas or break it further. And so then when you underfund programs, they can't work as effectively. You can point to them not working as effectively and say, see, this is why we need to privatize everything, privatize education or um, all the different areas in which they don't think proper funding. So it's a circular effect and then we get a further broken government that further helps their narrative that the government's super broken and we shouldn't have any of these beneficial programs. And uh, so Jesse Waters is correctly but strangely identifying that for the party that he runs interference for. Then you have Rand Paul appearing on Jesse Waters' show saying this. And Garland's prosecutors are bloodthirsty for Donald Trump. He was just indicted today on January 6th. How do you stomach that? You know, I don't know how you can indict someone for claiming there was fraud in the election. Many on the left say, oh, well, there is no fraud because the court said so. Well, most. Hey, maybe you should explain why it's bad that Trump's being indicted for what he's actually being indicted for, not your made up stories. How do you stomach that like this? You know, I don't know how you can indict someone for claiming there was fraud in the election. That's not what he's being indicted for. So why are you bringing that up? You're arguing against an alternate reality. That's not helpful to this discussion, Rand Paul. If you have actual concerns about this being political persecution, then bring forward actual facts. He's being charged for a conspiracy to do a number of different things, including obstructing official proceedings, trying to uh, prevent the lawful process from moving forward, the peaceful transition of power from happening, and along the way trying to get state officials to do things that would be unconstitutional to prevent the correct electoral count from happening, and instead having this bogus electoral count that bizarrely puts Trump into power and absolutely overthrowing a free and fair election. And the lies that Trump was telling publicly were the same ones he was using to justify all those different things. That's where the lies come into play. He's not being charged for lying or for claiming there was widespread voter fraud. So why spread that nonsense? We get now to James Comer's response to Trump's recent federal indictment, this time on charges related to his attempts to overturn the 2020 election results and install himself president despite his loss in that election, the scheme to do so, the conspiracies with others to make that 
happen. And uh, James Comer, you'll never guess, you'll never be able to predict what James Comer has to say about Trump's ind indictment. Well, what about Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family? Uh, and he makes a claim here that's interesting while he was on with Laura Ingram, especially when you consider something he previously said on Fox News very recently. But first, here's this moment in response to Trump's indictment. Period. That's right. And, and as someone who's paying close attention to both of these uh, investigations, I can tell you with confidence, there's a whole lot more evidence out there that would prove Joe Biden has committed crimes than there are of Donald Trump committing crimes. And that's a fact. And I think Laura Hmm. Interesting, James. We've walked through specifically, extensively on this show, how these accusations against Biden are just unraveling further day after day. And Republicans time and time again seem to step on rakes, as the phrase goes, and uh, embarrass themselves with these attempts to portray Biden as super corrupt and all of that we've discussed in the past. But it is especially funny when you consider that Sean Hannity recently asked James Comer, are you going to be able to pro uh, prove these things you're saying about President Biden? And he said, I sure hope so, which means you haven't been able to prove them yet, which means you haven't brought forward the evidence yet. Let me tell you, and this is why the Republicans that have one half of one house of government uh, at one branch of government is so critical because these invest this would all get covered up. And both of you have put your neck on the line to get to the truth. And we went a long way today. And uh, this will you both answer yes or no. Do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation and do you believe that you will be able to prove that jim comer i sure hope so and i, I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke and where there's smoke there's fire we we just i sure hope so so to the republicans out there that say biden's been caught and they have the evidence and they've, they've proven it you're wrong even the guy who's leading the investigation says, I hope I'll be able to prove it, but I haven't yet. I hope so, is what he said, not I have. And so then for him to say, there's definitely more evidence for the things I haven't been able to prove yet about Biden than the things that in some cases we have access to the evidence against Donald Trump, whether it be the phone calls or um, the public broadcasting of his attempts to overturn the free and fair election, or when it comes to the classified documents case, the audio recording of him admitting he has this classified document when he's not supposed to. And somehow you were supposed to believe that James Comer's attempt to portray Biden as super corrupt without uh, evidence is actually more legitimate than Trump being held accountable for his pretty clear violations of the law. Very, very wild. But one other thing on this, you notice uh, when watching this clip, the lower third says free speech has been indicted. And I've responded already multiple times on the show to that talking point. So this time I'll let James, uh, James, James Comer, Jamie Raskin respond to this. Um, we, we know that our friends across the aisle are trying to mobilize some big free speech defense of Donald Trump here, which is just uh, comical because of course, you have a right to say, for example, oh, I think that the uh, meeting of the House and the Senate in joint session to count electoral college votes is a fraud or is taking away um, 
uh, you know, Donald Trump's presidency, you can say whatever you want. But the minute you actually try to obstruct the meeting of Congress, you've crossed over from speech to conduct. It's like, you know, you can say, well, I think the currency is phony and everybody should be allowed to make up their own money. You can say that. But the minute you start printing your own money, now you've run afoul of the counterfeit laws. And it's the exact same thing with the Electoral College. They can say, well, we don't think that Joe Biden really won in these states, even though every federal and state court rejected all of their claims of electoral fraud and corruption. But the minute they start manufacturing counterfeit electors and trying to have them substitute for the real electors that came through the federal and state legal process. At that point, they've crossed over from speech to conduct. And so. Right. It's really not that hard to understand, truly. But this is the talking point. Just because Trump questioned the election results, he's being indicted. No. He used his lies to justify it actions and a broader conspiracy and uh, an attempt to obstruct a lawful governmental process and our democratic process and he needs to be held accountable for that we continue our tour through the responses to trump's most recent indictment from those within the right wing and now we land with carrie lake who is another individual similar to how the indictment discusses Trump's lies that he was using to justify all these different actions um, related to his loss in 2020. Carrie Lake didn't create the same conspiracy, the same effort to obstruct the peaceful transition of power as Trump did, but she also has been lying about her election gubernatorially and trying to pretend that she actually won in Arizona. And so maybe she understands Trump's pain better with being a dishonest individual as the two of them are. And she floated an interesting idea for the other GOP candidates as to how they should respond to this indictment of Donald Trump. Take a look at this. Because President Trump, uh, truth, truth social, truth this, this afternoon uh, after the indictments came down. Let's put up the full screen if you don't mind, control room. He said... Um, well, give me the first one first, please, guys. That's the second one. Okay, I hear the deranged Jack Smith in order to inter interfere with the presidential election of 2024. We'll be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president, me, at 5 p.m., which happened at, almost at 5 p.m. He was right. Why didn't they do this two and a half years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct. And then he went on to say, give me that second full screen, folks. Also, why are they putting out another fake indictment the day after crooked Joe Biden's scandal, one of the biggest Americans in, in American history, broke out in the halls of Congress? And Before she responds, we talked about that. Such a hilarious but also dishonest talking point of why are these indictments of Trump coming after big news is broken about the corruption of Biden from House Republicans? Because they're supposedly breaking news about Biden's corruption every day that isn't actually news and isn't actually based on evidence. But yeah, if you create manufacturer scandals every day about Joe Biden to distract from your lack of actual policy solutions to actual problems, then eventually when Trump is held accountable legally, it will happen after um, or right after or during one of your manufactured scandals.
nation, a nation in decline. Carrie, final thought. Absolutely. We are a nation in trouble right now. And I think the people see it very clearly what's going on. And, you know, they can keep doing this to President Trump. I believe his poll numbers will continue to go up. I really believe that those other people running in the Republican uh, race should stand up, speak out in support of President Trump, talk about how this is an injustice unlike we've ever seen with our Department of Justice going after an innocent man. Sorry, quick pause. This is sort of funny. They had a quote here from Pelosi. And on the lower third, it says, Pelosi, colon, no one is above the law. As if that's almost jabbing Pelosi. Look at what Nancy Pelosi said. No one's above the law. Seen with our Department of Justice going after an innocent man. And frankly, they should suspend their campaigns and step behind and support President Trump and the American people so we can save this great country. Yep. I think even even some liberals might even agree with you. Carrie Lake, thank you so much for joining us. Which liberals? <laughs> Which liberals agree uh, with that, Eric Bowling? Very strange. So Carrie Lake is calling for the other GOP candidates to suspend their campaign and support Donald Trump. And this is another example of how far the GOP has fallen, where it's a prevailing view, sort of, among some within the GOP, that other candidates should just get out and support Trump because he's this big victim and he's the hero. And that should be their way of supporting uh, the MAGA movement or whatever with Trump leading it. When... It would make so much more sense in any reasonable world for Trump to drop out as the person who's been indicted three times. Usually that's not good for a campaign. But even though the other candidates aren't going to suspend their campaign in response to this, this idea that Trump's the victim, that he's uh, experiencing the weaponized federal government that's targeting him and it's not just him being held accountable for his violations of the law, is actually something so many of these GOP candidates are playing into who are trying to beat Trump in the primary. So it's very strange. And so again, they're not going to suspend their campaign like Carrie Lake is suggesting, but the narrative that she's using to justify that recommendation is the one that they're also playing into as Ron DeSantis put forward here in his response on Twitter. As president, I will end the weaponization of government, replace the FBI director and ensure a single standard of justice for all Americans. While I've seen reports, I've not read the indictment. You should. I do, though, believe we need to enact reform so that Americans have the right to remove cases from Washington, D.C. to their home districts. Washington, D.C. is a swamp. Really trying to be a little Trump 2.0. And it is unfair to have to stand trial before a jury that is reflective of the swamp mentality. One of the reasons our country is in decline is the politicization of the rule of law. No more excuses. I will end the weaponization of the federal government. So... He's saying he wants to be the guy to do it. He wants to be the president. And he wants to end the weaponization of the government. The Republicans haven't made an effective case for existing, at least in the story they tell, where it hurts conservatives and targets Trump and all that. But in so doing, he's supporting the narrative that Trump's a big victim. If you're bringing up, we got to end the weaponization of the federal government when you're talking about Trump's indictment, you're saying Trump isn't actually experiencing the justice system as he should and instead is a victim in some way so then you're putting forward for your followers a narrative the people you're trying to win over that is advantageous to trump's campaign you're saying he is the big victim everyone tells you about he is in a sense a hero for standing up against this and he's just as trump always says uh, being indicted for you or whatever that means 
I mean, that's not the case, but it strengthens Trump's lines, Trump's talking points, and why people like DeSantis and other Republican candidates within this current 2024 presidential primary would play into that. I really don't know. It is very, very strange. So they're not going to take Carrie Lake's advice, but they are going to play into that same narrative. A recent New York Times Siena poll shows some frightening details that I'll show you Dana Bash on CNN reporting on and then we'll discuss that very much emphasizes despite everything we've talked about today with Trump's legal troubles with him being indicted him being an individual that attempted to overthrow our democratic process and he's being indicted for that still with that and many other things he has a shot a very good shot of winning not just in the primary that's obvious but in the general election and the damage that could do is unspeakable but i'll show you this first reporting on this recent poll now to the raw politics and a raw morning if you're sitting inside president biden's wilmington re-election headquarters a new york times poll confirms the current political reality donald trump can win a rematch with joe biden the top line number mr biden 43 percent mr trump 43 percent the deadlock raises questions about a Biden general election advantage and the impact of indictments on the former president's standing with voters in a potential general election. The poll finds both men are unpopular with American voters. Only 41 percent hold a favorable opinion of the former president. Only 39 percent currently approve of Joe Biden's job performance. The poll does show modest improvements for Mr. Biden on key metrics compared with a year ago. Last year, only 13 percent said the country was on the right track. Now that number is 23 percent. A better but still deeply unsettling number, if you are the sitting president, is who's asking for four more years. We're going to talk a lot more about this. There's a lot to unpack. In so many things to take away from that. The biggest being oh my goodness <laughs> just what america what what's going on guys it's ridiculous we've talked so extensively so i won't do it all again but trump just to focus in on what we talked about a lot today with his indictment in regards to his attempts to overturn the 2020 election results when you swear an oath to the constitution as president you are committing to not doing what Trump did in trying to take our constitution, crumple it up, throw it in the garbage can, and uh, ignore our democratic process and keep himself present despite him losing that election. And people see that, see a coup attempt, and then say, yeah, but Biden's getting up there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's uh, more complaints than that, and many of them are bought into a lot of these talking points that support Trump's narrative, obviously. But looking at it that simply really does break my brain. And uh, it, it, terrifying is what it is. It's terrifying that we could see Trump become president again. Now we'll do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen and get people out to vote and all of it. But especially even though I totally understand the issues with President Biden, and he does have massive flaws. You would think that the legislative victories that he's been able to get, his record on that front, and the historic, pretty stunning economic recovery after the pandemic caused downturn that Trump mishandled, 
that he would have more support after that, even though, yes, he has a really hard time communicating and there have been stains on his record as well. It's wild to see in the scheme of presidencies or kind of in the grand scheme of things, I should say, when you look at presidencies, Biden's had a pretty successful presidency and it's not everything we wish that it could be, but it's been pretty successful and some major accomplishments, historic ones, largest investment in infrastructure since the Eisenhower Highway Program, largest investment in green energy and lowering prescription drug costs and um, a number of items that you would think under a different president maybe would impact people more whenever you're seeing your roads be improved, your bridges be improved, your broadband be expanded, your clean water or your uh, water be cleaned, <laughs> getting more clean water out to people. And it's just not being heard, I guess. It's not being seen by a lot of people within the electorate. And then for so many people to still support Trump is also really disturbing. So that's one poll. Others show Biden leading, but a lot of them do kind of show it right there. And uh, all I can say is it's pretty horrifying. We got to do the work in the build up to the 2024 presidential election to make sure Trump does not become president again. Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie called out his fellow Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis on the way that his anti-woke crusade or whatever you want to call it has caused him to do things that by the own articulation of conservatives ideology by their own articulation I should say of their own ideology is very contradictory to that ideology. It seems to violate the principles that they purport to support with small government and leave it up to the parents and all these different things, especially when it comes to trans individuals and uh, the way that Republicans want to dictate the specific cans and can'ts on uh, that front within their states and take it out of the hands of the individual, the parent, medical professionals, etc. And so I'll show you this, then we'll discuss further. Have you spent a lot of time with Ron DeSantis? I have not. Uh, he seems like he wants to be tough, but not take on Trump. It doesn't seem to be working for him. Oh, I think I think we could all agree right now, including probably Ron, that it's not working for him. I mean, when mm -hmm. you know you fire a third of your staff and you're on your third reboot since May, you know things are tough. But we'll see what happens. You never know. Do you think that uh, wokeness is? as big a threat to America as Ron DeSantis does. Are you are you waking up in the night worried about people being woke? <laughs> I, I don't agree with much of it, but I think that we have much bigger issues that we should all be concerned about and discussing um, as much as that's being discussed. And so, you know, on many of those issues, my view is I think when it involves kids, we should let parents deal with that and we don't need the government in the middle of this stuff on either side of it pushing an agenda one way or another. I think parents should be the people who are dealing with their kids on stuff like that. I'm not a big government conservative, and it looks to me like Ron is a big government conservative and thinks that he can substitute his judgment for the judgment of parents. Exactly right. And I think that's a dangerous thing for either party to get involved so, in. So that's a, I'm actually going to ask you about this. So parents and doctors come together and decide that the best course of action for a trans teenager is to begin transition for their mental health, uh, for their long-term prospects. That's what the medical community says is best. That's what the teen, the doctors, the parents all say. And you're saying the government should not be allowed I don't think to it's step smart in. For them. I don't think it's smart for them to do it. 
I don't want to see people in government substituting their judgment for a parent's judgment. I can tell you this. I speak about this as a father first before. And then he continues. But it's interesting. When I hear Chris Christie talk, it reminds me of what the political debates could be because Chris Christie is very far from me on policy. He is much to the right of me being a Republican and a conservative, but he at least has enough reason to have, and he has reason to have conversations to articulate in ways that uh, you can engage with his conservative opinions and his conservative stances. And then I could take my stances, take his, and have a debate that is somewhat reasonable that gets you somewhere and then maybe we continue to disagree and fight one another within the political arena but there's some attachment to reality and some honesty there of trying to stick to your principles not to ignore the past of chris christie's support for trump and many different things that shouldn't be ignored with chris christie it's just the juxtaposition between him and the current mag republicans is so stark it's hard not to think about mm, Imagine if all Republicans were Chris Christie's and that's what we had to deal with on the other side. Maybe we can make more progress, even though we would disagree severely on lots of things. And uh, here he's accurately identifying that this whole small government conservative ideology, Republicans, we should take the government out of your life, clearly was not authentic because the second that they disagree with something, um, that different individuals are choosing to do, they want to get the government, the state involved in making those decisions, saying parents, doctors, you shouldn't be able to make these decisions. Uh, it should be up to Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott or whoever it might be. And then some states are wanting to go beyond that, even separate from the parental argument with uh, people underage, that adults shouldn't have options as well when it comes to gender affirming care. And so the small government conservatism of leave the government out of your life, let people make their own decisions, that is going by the wayside in the name of fighting back against wokeness. Like we talked about with Ron DeSantis wanting to sue possibly uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev uh, because of the Bud Light boycott that he supported, but now it's hurting the Anheuser-Busch InBev stock, which the Florida State Pension Fund has some of that stock. And so now he thinks maybe we'll take legal action because of the financial damage that's done to this portfolio. And the damage that he's referring to is a boycott that he supported. It makes no sense, but he wants the state of Florida possibly to take action against the company for going to woke in his mind. It's wild. That is not in line with the principles they told us they believed in, Ron DeSantis and many others. So then you realize, oh, they just didn't want government programs that benefited people. They just didn't want those uh, solutions being put forward. It wasn't about the principle. It was just about an opposition to the individual policy. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you tomorrow.